Well, things that need to change to support the psychological and mental health needs of people with long-term conditions better. I think there are three or four things, really. The first is that stigma is undoubtedly an issue, both in terms of people recognising their own possible psychological ill health and also for others to recognise it in them and to seek appropriate help. But I think there are a number of other problems as well. Our training, arguably, is too siloed. We tend to train people in increasingly specialist ways, and I think... We should be better at training, for example, the mental health workforce to understand and be able to deal with physical health problems better, and of course, vice versa. And I think you could apply the same principles to service configuration and design and, of course, commissioning. Clearly, there are, there are obvious clinical arguments for providing better integrated care at the interface between mental and physical health, but there is increasing evidence of the economic advantages of doing so. We know that comorbidities are common for people with long-term conditions. They have high rates of mental ill health, particularly depression, cognitive impairment, and the more long-term conditions you have, the, the more likely you are to have comorbidities. And I think we're seeing emerging models both in terms of more effective psychological treatments, but also in, in some service models. The RAID team in Birmingham have an innovative service model, I think, which appears to show not just better care than was there before, but real cash savings in terms of being able to close hospital beds and save real money. What's been holding us back? I think it's been the way we've tended to configure training and also the way we commission services and, and therefore design our services. I don't think this is about organisational configurations necessarily, but I think it's about commissioning care pathways and recognising increasingly complex care pathways with comorbidities in a way that we, we haven't yet done adequately. Most commissioning, as I, I see it, and most service configuration, tends to be around specific disease areas or healthcare areas and tends to be around specific services rather than the complex needs of people with multiple problems. How will this, the mental health strategy help bring about these changes? I think there are, there are several different ways. A number of the kind of changes I'm talking about, there are drivers embedded in some of the aspects of, of wider health reform. So, for example, the outcomes frameworks, having outcomes around mortality, both for people with long-term conditions and, of course, for people with severe and enduring mental illness. But I think our intention with the strategy is also to try and create, if at all possible, a social movement around achieving the objectives of the strategy and, of course, improving the physical health of people with um, mental illness and the mental health of people with long-term conditions is a key objective of it. Crucial to it all, I think, will be commissioning and therefore ensuring that we have the right configuration to support commissioning in future through the commissioning board and possibly through managed networks as well. We had a, a program for supporting mental health commissioning prior to the current reforms. And when the current reforms came in, we effectively moved that sideways so that there is now a program jointly run and led by the Royal College of GPs and Royal College of Psychiatrists with many other stakeholders involved as partners as well. It's called Joint Commissioning Panel, and its role is to support better mental health commissioning as well. I think that's going to be one of the crucial things, which is as yet a little bit of an unknown. But for me, that's going to be vital to how we get this right in future.